Explosions are like sex scenes. You must get them right. In real life, the aftermath of an explosion is broken space. Everything is torn. Everything is twisted. All the discipline and structure collapsed into a banal new landscape. The language of damaged information in literature or in films. If the explosion or the sex scene is false fauna or condensed Warhol milk, then the book or the film is dead and sour because of it. Zabriskie Point says it all. The poets are everywhere. Mangled, slow-moving, glorious snapshots of ecstatic beauty. You don't review that film. You just lose yourself in awe. Philip and Constance realized this. They needed to get the explosion right. It needed to be thought about. It had to be drawn and redrawn. They needed to create the initial stillness of calm. To see and feel the slow, harmonious beats of serenity. And then the intervals quicken, the fast breathing tension. The aching spaces in nature. Mind control at the forensic level. Working it over and over until they get it right. Shaped and reshaped. Relentless. No room for error. They were on a voyage. Just like Marshall McLuhan said, Constance and Philip shaped their tools. No transitional state. All the chaos needs to come, needs to come together into the changing shape of new beginnings. The television of chrysalis and the instrumentals of new mysteries, new stories, new insights. As Cochrane and Carmen Arte's car was approaching Hazelton.
the sky appeared an increasingly dark red, while an acrid odor had managed to infiltrate the car's air conditioning vents, giving both a sensory experience of which they would gladly have done without. Cochrane did not know what he would find a misery mountain, but he had no doubt that it would be yet another exceptional coincidence, something absurd that would bring him back to home base, to Pat and Cassandra. By now, Cochrane thought he was moving in this case, driven by primordial instinct and by a feeling so new and all-encompassing that it did not allow him to consider any alternative path. Agent Martha King had greeted them with shining eyes and arms and hands that could not find rest. Carmenate had offered her some hot tea while Cochrane listened to the detailed and excited account of the last quarter of an hour that had preceded the explosion. In every sentence, betrayed by anger and pain, Officer King couldn't help but mention how much Constant Prince had been a model inmate and how excruciating it had been for her to see the state of advanced combustion her body was in after the burst. Cochrane watched her closely while Carmenate took notes without ever stopping. Something was wrong. Indeed, several details did not convince him at all. Mainly the fact that there was practically nothing left of Constance Prince as well as of the other poor inmate who happened to be next to her of the confirmed victims all in the courtyard for the airtime only Constance Prince and Bridget Liza had been reduced to ashes while the other three dead women had suffered very serious impairments but remained recognizable a model inmate Agent King said a very beautiful elegant 
always kind young woman. One who had certainly happened to be here by mistake. Believe me. Carmenate gave Cochrane a puzzled look as if to say that maybe Agent King needed to rest and that she was starting to rant. Cochrane had half smiled and invited Agent King to drink some water. After politely asking her if he could examine Constant Prince's cell. A very clean cell, like all the others, but which seemed to enjoy a privileged light on the cot, perfectly tidy, an Italian brand cashmere blanket, a bottle of Chanel number 19, and a carved wooden box. Cochrane put on the latex gloves and began to examine everything. In the wooden box, there must have been at least a hundred letters. And at first glance, they seemed to come from the same person. The handwriting was firm. The signature then had changed from Philip in the first letters to the simple P in the last ones. After a few minutes, he had handed everything over to Carmenate and had decided to speak to Agent King once again. Tell me, tell me about the letters if you feel like it. It would be important to understand something more about the possible motive for this massacre. Martha King rolled her eyes. Motive? Do you think it wasn't a casual attack by some freak? Cochrane tried to tone down and restore some calm in the room. Let's say that an explosion in a prison is never as accidental as it might seem at first. Martha King composed herself. But nobody escaped here. Unfortunately, there are only dead and wounded people. Maybe, but we need to know more 
the DNA test will be able to give us some answers. In the meantime, however, what can you tell me about the letters Constance Prince received? Agent King sighed. Six years. All those letters are six years of correspondence with a man. I don't know much. We don't read the letters from our guests, especially those that are part of the correspondence program between penitentiaries. But I can say that whoever wrote to her must have loved her very much. And it was absolutely reciprocated. Cochrane smiled, almost softened by that romantic accent that had made Martha King's gaze less desperate. Then he shook her hand goodbye and joined Carmenate. Signor, is something troubling you? Carmenate asked once they got into the car. Well, I was thinking about this whole story, about this umpteenth episode that reminds us of our two superheroes. Carmenate looked more surprised than usual. Cochrane fastened his seatbelt and adjusted the rear view mirror. In a few days, it wouldn't surprise me to know that the dead inmate is the same woman from the serial murder trail Whitaker found before getting shot. Carmenate nodded. She is now dead. I don't think we can go much further. Cochrane smiled. Yeah, he reiterated with a bit of sarcasm. For a few minutes, they were silent. Then while they were driving away from Misery Mountain on the main road, another police patrol was diverting traffic for an accident that took place a few meters from there. A car that had crashed into a lamppost that had been then overwhelmed by a truck. Cochrane pulled over and walked out showing his badge to the agents 
happened? He asked with a certain authority. One of the policemen had just finished lending a hand to the firefighters who were still trying to extract bodies from the sheets and approached him with a resigned air. A disaster. They are all dead. The truck driver and the whole family travelling in the SUV. Father, mother and two children. A tragedy. A terrible thing. Cochrane looked around the apocalyptic scene of newly broken lives could not overcome the need to indulge instinct. I'd like to take a look at the victim's documents if possible, he asked the agent. Then, after returning the two registration papers, he walked back to Carmenate. Remaining silent, he then restarted the engine and after a few minutes, cleared his throat. It takes a great deal of empathy to fulfill ourselves as human beings, but most of us keep wandering without perspective like mundane people. Carmenate listened in an almost religious silence. Do you want to know the name of the victim who drove the SUV with the whole family on board? He asked Carmenate Patrick fucking Doyle, he yelled. As the radio played, style councils, the whole point of no return. 